Hi, Steve Mursky here with a short episode of Science Talk. Scientific American's Mark Fischetti ventured to Vancouver this past weekend for the annual meeting of the American Association for the Advancement of Science. While there, he spoke with Roly Russell, a social scientist at the Sand Hill Institute in Grand Forks, British Columbia. Russell presented new research making the case that there are other indicators besides gross domestic product that are better markers for how well people are doing in their pursuit of happiness. Here's Mark. Uh, so we're at AAAS with Rolly Russell, and we're talking about life satisfaction, happiness, um, really uh, amongst nations. And um, tell us a bit about the recent research and what sort of the major factors are to people's uh, life satisfaction. All right. Well, uh, I guess we, we know that there are a lot of different drivers of life satisfaction and, and happiness at, at a kind of personal scale. But then when we scale up, uh, a lot of those get lost and we seem to rely more along the lines of uh, financial capital uh, as a representation of kind of general well-being. And uh, our work is kind of focused on trying to uh, demonstrate what role, uh, relative role, uh, other forms of capital like uh, human and social capital or natural capital play in, in determining our well-being. Okay. So, so right, and, and uh, GDP uh, in terms of nations has been kind of used as a proxy for how well-off people are or think they are. Um, tell us what you found out about that. Yeah, so GDP is the kind of the most commonly used uh, indicator of, of uh, progress, let's say, of, of a nation or, or development. And uh, so we were showing uh, the, the results of our our analysis were showing that things like natural capital and social and human capital account for a greater, uh, they explain more of uh, global variation in, in well-being than uh, financial capital. So things like GDP actually don't do as good of a job as, as, a, as natural capital or social and human capital just explaining our well-being. So if, if I'm correct, you had a, a study that came out uh, with the, the leading indicators, uh, those three categories that you just mentioned. And, um, and there were some sort of relative percentages of how, how much influence each of those natural, human, and financial capital weigh in on our happiness. So maybe you could give us the, the results. Yeah, so we pooled those different, uh, those different factors, and, and so a mix of financial capital explained about 52% of the variation in well-being, uh, whereas social and human uh, uh, capital explained more like 70%, a little bit more than 70%, and natural capital explained 67%. And, and, and the winner was which country? Uh, Costa Rica came out on top in terms of, well, Costa Rica came out on top in terms of the, the uh, happiest people, essentially. And, and any insight into why that was, uh, what the leading factor, a couple of factors were? I guess uh, it, instead of an insight into why it was, I mean, it's interesting to note that uh, they, they've attained that high level of, of satisfaction without a high level of GDP, which implies that even if GDP is a useful indicator, and, and we know it is, uh, it's not necessary for, for high national well-being. Right. So uh, presumably uh, they have a, a strong system of, of strong social and human capital and strong natural capital, which helps dominate that financial built capital. Yeah, I think I think you you made that point about um, st a strong social support network. Can you explain what that is and how how much of a factor it is in Costa Rica or in general in this area? 
Yeah, so if we uh, ask people uh, on a, a, a national average, essentially, if we ask you, you know, do you feel like you have a, a social support network? And then uh, just the average of kind of the proportion of people that say yes to that question actually does quite a good job as well at predicting our, our general well-being or, or life satisfaction. It's, uh, and so t- tell us how we, we, you know, a country, a, a government, uh, and maybe scientists too, can can make use of that information. Is there is there some sort of message uh, about how we measure or what we should take from the measurements that we've kind of uh, been using all along? Uh, I guess we're living in a pretty data rich world these days, and I think we can move beyond the the naive reliance on GDP as the sole metric of success and then do a better job of, of trying to incorporate some of those social and, and natural factors in, in recognizing we, we know those are important for our general well-being. So is that, was that part of, uh, I'm curious about why GDP has just been sort of the de facto you know, metric. Was it, was it difficult or too hard to get good measurements of these other uh, areas and now we've got better numbers so let's like stop relying on, on GDP in terms of sort of influencing policy decision? Uh, I, I think it w- uh, it's a bit of, uh, it's a number of things, as you would expect, but I, I guess uh, I, I think of it as kind of an uh, unbalanced imperfection in terms of uh, the, we, can, we can assess GDP quite cleanly, and we know that our numbers are, are reasonably good estimates, uh, even though the m- metric itself is, is not that good at capturing what we wanted to capture but it does a good job and it's clean at what we want it to do. Whereas things like natural capital and social capital, as you would expect, are really difficult to, to ascertain at any kind of solid level. So, so we have on one end of the spectrum financial capital, which is, which is easy to count. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we're, we're not too imperfect with that. But then something like natural or social capital it's really messy and it's hard to count and it's hard to get good numbers that we know mean something. And so on that end of the spectrum, there's a lot of imperfection there in terms of what we're, we're trying to estimate. So um, very interesting. Um, and uh, my last question is, so where does the U.S. stand on these uh, three factors? Yeah, well, I mean, the, that's the, the, the issue with GDP is that it's imperfect in, in capturing things like uh, Resource, natural resource depletion doesn't get counted in something like GDP, and that's been known for a long time. Uh, and, and so the U.S. is, is very high on the, the GDP scale, essentially, in the financial and built capital, and, and fairly high on the kind of general well-being scale as well. Uh, and, and yet we know that uh, that that high scoring on the financial capital is also missing... Uh, it's it, it's not pr- fully capturing a lot of the the aspects of natural capital, for example, which might be being depleted at the expense, or, or financial capital is is increasing at the expense of natural capital, essentially. And so, uh, I don't have the numbers yet in terms of uh, where the U.S. would fall in those those other three, but uh, stay tuned. Right. So more to come, and and when we do learn more, um, do you think there's any sort of general policy areas where we might start to take a different view? Uh, I think I think yes. Uh, I think it's already starting to happen in terms of uh, the, like there was the, the Stiglitz Commission, uh, a prominent ec- economist that was that was brought on with with some others to to look at how we actually measure uh, national well-being and 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 gauge our success. And I think it's starting to be recognized that we need to expand into these 
into social forms of capital. And I think that our contribution that, that isn't yet fully kind of working is that natural capital is also really significant and, and we have yeah. to pay more attention to that. Thank you.